This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Love what Lou Riddick said there. Every quarterback has to be a system quarterback. That's literally the job that they're doing every single day. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle coming to you live from the seaport <laughs> brought to you by Grey Goose. What happened? CeCe's just vibing to Drake. It's vibing to Drake, man. It's a Trophies. Vibe. It's a vibe. So, he ain't getting none of them no time soon. <laughs> Jeff Saturday joined the show yesterday, and uh, he put some pressure on one specific guy heading into the Super Bowl. I think this is massive for him. I just think when you think about Shanahan's gone to the Super Bowl, you know, has the 28-3 lead as a coordinator, can't get there, goes as a head coach, gets beat by Mahomes and Reed, right? And so now he gets another shot at this thing, but it's the pressure of getting there and completing it and how that frames your long-term legacy. Not, is he a great coach? Heck yeah, he's a great coach. Brother, dude keeps going to Super Bowls. He wins. He does all But everybody's like, oh, no, he can't win the big one. And you're like, really? So it's just it's just how you frame, and I think that's the pressure. I think he's a great coach, irrespective of what happens come Sunday. But but that's that's the legacy conversation that people always want to have. So off of that, when we're talking about the most pressure in the Super Bowl, potentially put on the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, Kyle Shanahan, Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN bet, Carlin versus Joe, noon until 3 Eastern time, joined us. And he talked about the way in which Shanahan coaches in these big games. Chiefs have gotten off the fast starts. Fast start against Miami, fast start against Baltimore. Uh, they hung right there with Buffalo in the first half. They've been here before on the big stage. They know how to script. Andy Reid with a bye is dangerous. The Niners started really slow against Detroit, really slow against Green Bay. Shanahan's been tight early in these games, and Brock Purdy on the big stage could have some of those nerves. So when you look at Shanahan potentially having more pressure than anyone else, I think it is a very fair statement that Jeff, Jeff Saturday made with us yesterday, and it's how I simplify it is this way. Right now, the top line of the resume for Kyle Shanahan is getting to a Super Bowl, blowing a lead, 28-3 offensive coordinator for the Falcons. Which one? Which, which, which one? Sorry, the, the one where he was a head coach against oh, the Niners. Oh, okay. All I mean, right. against the Chiefs, excuse me. And then getting to the Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator and blowing a lead. Right? No doubt. That's the top line of a Super Bowl, uh, the, the resume. If you win on Sunday, those are now dropped to the second line. So it's, he's a Super Bowl champ. And oh, by the way, he got there a couple of other times. The same thing that Andy Reid has done, right? Forever, it was... Five NFC Championship games in Philadelphia, one Super Bowl loss. Now it's, oh, by the way, you know he went to the Super Bowl in Philadelphia because of all he's done in Kansas City. I think Jeff's right. I think the pressure is on Kyle Oh, there's no question about it. I think he has the most pressure of anyone, coach or player, going into this game. And here's what I will say. I don't even think the blown leads become the second line item. I think they become a footnote. Oh, because wow. everybody looks at it and says, wow, this guy had the conviction to move off of a failed draft pick, a guy that they invested three first rounders in in order to take in Trey Lance. He moved off of a quarterback that he had proof of concept with, with Jimmy Garoppolo and went with a guy that was picked 262, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, and was rewarded in his first full season as the starter by winning a championship against a guy that's on the greatest of all time trajectory with Patrick Mahomes. So but, line one, Super Bowl champ. Line two is decision-making. De- decision-making when it comes to the quarterback specifically, right? Because all of a sudden now, you look at Brock Purdy, the success that he was able to have. You look at Matt Ryan, who had an MVP season with Kyle Shanahan as the offensive coordinator. Hasn't come close to production anytime since then. So I just think those become the highlights of Kyle Shanahan's resume, and he becomes the next one in line of a long line of offensive geniuses that have coached as the head head guy in San Francisco, right? Like he's he's following along in the footsteps of Bill Walsh and George Seifert. So it becomes an extension of that. So yeah, I think this is huge in terms of how the perception marries up to the 
results that Kyle Shanahan has been able to produce as a head coach in the NFL. You know, winning a Super Bowl is a legacy shifter for anybody, but I think with Kyle Shanahan, it'll be a pretty big swing. And you outlined earlier in the show how many pieces they could be losing moving forward. So we don't even know if he's going to be able to get back here. We don't know if anybody's going to be able to get back here, but it goes from the theme of his career being late collapses in the Super Bowl, obviously 28-3 as an offensive coordinator uh, in the Super Bowl with the 49ers. They went into the fourth quarter up 20-10. to 10. They gave up 21 unanswered points, too. That's something that he overcame. He won a Super Bowl, and he should have won two others, rather than this is his identity, that he can't win the big game or hold on to the lead late in a big game. It's interesting when you mention the Niners coaches. Like, historically, Walsh is obviously one of the greatest to ever coach. No doubt. George Seifert takes over, wins a Super really Bowl. Really good coach. Okay, Mariucci, really good coach. Mariucci was good, right, with them. We forget, not now, but we have. Jim Harbaugh was phenomenal with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now Kyle Shanahan. Like, if you look at the last, what, 40-plus years of coaches in this league, we don't necessarily bring up the Niners as the elite-level historical coaches multiple times over. We always bring up Walsh. Mm -hmm. But if Shanahan wins, you're talking about Walsh getting to and winning Super Bowls, Seifert, Harbaugh got to a Super Bowl, and Kyle Shanahan. They've had four coaches get to the Super Bowl since 1979. Do you think then that we should talk <laughs> about, about that, that the way we talk about the Steelers and their lineage of coaches? Right. So the Steelers thing is interesting because the Steelers have only had three coaches, right? But if you think the about the— last 50 years. Right. Wild, so yeah. if you think about the level of coaching we've seen with the Niners, with multi, like teams that have had multiple coaches. New England had one forever. You brought up the Steelers. They had one—they've had three total, but seemingly one forever now. The Niners have, have had an ability to hire multiple coaches that are elite at their profession. Like, at, at one point, we would have said Harbaugh outside of Belichick, best coach in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Right now, we may say, outside of Andy Reid, best coach in the NFL, maybe Kyle Shanahan. Maybe. Mike Tomlin, obviously, is phenomenal. We know that. Yeah, I wouldn't, John uh, Harbaugh is phenomenal. Yeah, see, see, that's the part that I have to stop short on, though, right? And that's why I think it's so important for Kyle to win this one, because even though the perception around Kyle is that he's a very good coach and he's one of the brightest offensive minds that the game has seen, he doesn't have that, that, that championship to back it up. Like, like Sean McVay that's, does, That's right? the part that's missing. Like, he doesn't have, like, Sean McVay does. Hell, I'll even say Sean Payton. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, if you're so innovative, if you're so creative, if you can, you know, get guys to routinely play above their ability with the X's and O's that you dial up, then why hasn't that equated to a championship? You've been in that spot. Why haven't you been able to break through? Like, it's the same conversation that we were having around Andy Reid before he was ousted in Philadelphia. Like, why, why haven't you broken through? And you're wondering, if you don't win this championship, what's the shelf life, what's the expiration date for the, the head coach-general manager tandem that they have in San Francisco? Like, I think that's a legitimate question, which is why there's so much pressure for him to win it so that the actual resume marries up to the perception of who Kyle Shanahan is when it comes to the pantheon of coaches in the league. It's really weird, and maybe we're just doing this because Andy Reid is the other coach, but Kyle Shanahan's Niners, Niners tenure to date very much feels like Andy Reid's Eagles tenure. To date, right? Sunday, it, will, it may not feel like Andy Reid's Eagles tenure yeah. because he may win it all. But right now, it's like he's really good. He gets there all the time, gets to like the playoffs and at least the NFC Championship game, but has not put them over the hump. That is literally Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. It's very weird that you look at this and say, okay, that's, that's kind of the comp here. Now, if Kyle Shanahan were all in agreement as the most pressure player or coach to win on Sunday, who's second? Brock Purdy. Has to be Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. You can't be given a roster that has championship expectations and then sit there and say he has nothing to prove. 
Like that's the part. Like to me, we we've got to acknowledge. Hey, Brock has to go out there and prove not only himself as the full term, the the long term starter for this team, but prove Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch right for them being able to have confidence in him and making the requisite rules to support him. So I guess that's the thing that I want to see in this big game. I know the game is not going to be too big for him by what he's shown in the playoffs, being able to come back and come play play from behind. But what I want to see is can you go toe-to-toe with the you know a guy that's on the GOAT trajectory in Patrick Mahomes, one of the greatest coaches of all times in Andy Reid, and one of the best big-game defensive coordinators that we've seen in the NFL in Steve Spagnuolo. Can you match up against those individuals and come out on the winning side knowing that you have the more talented roster? That's what I want to see. I'm not sitting there saying that you have to outplay Patrick Mahomes because I don't think that's going to happen. That's impossible. But, but, what I, but what I'm saying is can you play well enough whereas you're not putting your team at a deficit? And I guess that's the thing that has yet to be proven by Brock. If he does – then all of a sudden we're talking about him being a long-term starter, getting paid a boatload of money, and San Francisco potentially having an opportunity to contend at a championship level for the next two or three years. I think San Francisco has way more pressure on them to win this game, which is why I think Kansas City, Kansas City is even more dangerous. Because who on the Chiefs do you really think has a lot of pressure to win? Nobody. Nobody. I, I don't understand this. I'm sorry, I'm going to lose it now. How is it that we are going to sit here and compare Mahomes, not at you, I'm saying at the thought process. How are we going to sit here and compare Mahomes to Tom Brady and Andy Reid to Bill Belichick and say there's no pressure on them? There was never a Super Bowl once Brady and Belichick won one that they didn't have to win or the world comes to an end. We are looking at Mahomes on this GOAT trajectory and saying no pressure to win? In what world? Brady had to win everyone by double digits. Belichick had to win everyone by double digits. Well, people and now there's cheating. no big deal? There's a difference. People thought they but, were cheating, so they had something come to Come on. Prove. Now yeah, there's no big deal if they lose? I'm not saying it's not a big deal if they lose, but I don't think that they're going into this with the same amount of pressure that the San Francisco 49ers have on them. I, Nobody how? thought that they were going to be here, that the Chiefs would be here. They've overachieved relative to their regular season success. I don't Whereas agree Whereas San with Francisco, that. we thought, would be here. Most people picked them to come out of the NFC. And I think if I'm Kansas City, I've been there, done that. I'm the reigning champs. I have, the, as I said, the postseason DNA. I'm sleeping like a baby. I've been to four Super Bowls in five years. I know. I know Which what means you, I've been, you should I've, win. I've, I've, been, I've been to four Super Bowls Which in five years. Which means you should win. And we got a couple of them. That's right. Like, I just, like. Oh, I, so I, now we can just take one for granted? And no, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. Well, I mean, listen, granted. it's the Super Bowl. Everybody has pressure to win. But relative to what San Francisco yes. is having to deal with, it's no pressure. I guess that's the comparison. We're not saying that there's not pressure to win. There's always pressure to win because you don't know how often you're going to get to this spot. Now, for Kansas City, it seems like they get here a hell of a lot versus where San Francisco is at right now, which is their, what, second time in the last five years? But it's two different quarterbacks, and you're starting to wonder. And it's not the guy that they imagined it would be a few years ago. So you start to wonder, well, how many cracks at it are you going to get if you're Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch? We know that the runway for Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes is as long as they want it to be because the Hunt family ain't getting rid of them no time soon. It ain't going to happen. I'm not sitting here saying that. Jed York is going to fire Kyle Shanahan. But I will just say the volume on the conversation around whether or not Kyle can get it done will get to a fever pitch if he loses his I'm game. I'm not arguing that part and, of it. And, and the questionable decision to take Trey Lance and then backed up by the decision to install Brock Purdy as the full-time starter will also come under scrutiny, which is why I think the 49ers have so much more pressure than the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. Uh, then uh, understood. For me personally, 
we're not ready to have the, the Patrick Mahomes goat conversation yet. Because if you're considering him the goat, you have to win every time you get here. And you have to get here a lot. But That's Brady, what the Brady, goat, Brady didn't win every time I know, he got there. I know. But we never went into a Super Bowl saying, you know what? He'll get there again. He's gotten there so quickly. We've ne- we never did that with Brady. The moment we thought goat, he had to win every time. So let's stop with the goat conversation with Mahomes. If we're not saying you better win this damn Super Bowl. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, but first, before we hit the break, CeCe has this from Granger for the for ones who get it done. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Under the radar is an interesting angle for a Super Bowl team. I don't know that you could be under the radar in the Super Bowl. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Mike Tannenbaum is here, former NFL GM, ESPN NFL front office insider. All right, Mike, we've been having the debate today about the underdog. We know by Vegas standards, the Chiefs are the underdog, the Niners have an underdog story at the quarterback position, but arguably the better roster. So who does Mike Tannenbaum look at as the underdog in the Super Bowl? I think it's the 49ers. I don't understand how Kansas City is not the favorite. They have a more experienced coach. they got clearly the better quarterback outside of running back and the receivers. I think Kansas City is a better team, most notably a much better defense. Mike, who's under the most pressure, player or coach, in this matchup? Kyle Shanahan, because the window's closing on the 49ers. Because when Brock Purdy goes from a million dollars a year to fill in the blank, $45, $50 million, players like Brandon Ayuk's of the world, they're going to graduate. It's just math. We saw it on the other side of the ball. Tyreek Hill goes, and we've seen the greatness of Patrick Mahomes keep the Chiefs where they are. So I think the window for the 49ers is going to get smaller because they have such value at the quarterback position. If Brock Purdy does win the Super Bowl, what kind of contract do you think we're looking at? Well, it's got to be north of $50 million. I mean, that's just where all these other guys are slotting in. You know, Herbert, Burrow, um, you know, that's really where, where we're heading. And, you know, Jalen Hurts start, started Lamar, you know, and then obviously, you know, once we got, you know, Mahomes redid his. So I, I don't know how it could be less than 50 But, Mike G, how can you pay good quarterbacks great quarterback money? Like, I get it. There aren't a whole lot of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks yeah. currently active. I think they're like yeah. four. Like, how, how, how could you – 
uh, I guess from a roster construction standpoint, justify paying a guy like Brock Purdy, knowing that he's not a top five player at the position, you know, upwards of $50 million a year and over $200 million in guarantees? Yeah, it's a great question. I'm sure the Joneses are having a similar conversation in Dallas with Dak Prescott, which is Oof. when you pay somebody north of $50 million, other players are, are going to have to graduate. My response to that, Chris, was like, what's the alternative? Like, we try it with Jimmy G. We try it with Trey Lance massively and failed. So, like, if Dak Prescott's not in Dallas, if Brock Purdy's not in San Francisco, what's the alternative? So, I'd rather overpay for a high-character guy in our building, knowing that we're going to have to go find a defensive lineman, no disrespect intended, <laughs> a, a guard, whatever it may be, and, sure. and, and have an organizational alignment to say, we know we're eight, nine, ten million million over per, per year, but... We're going to make that decision. We're going to take it someplace else. Well, what about the alternative of allowing your quarterback to continue to play out his contract? Because you do have the fourth year on Brock Purdy's deal. You do have the franchise tag after that. So, in effect, from now until when he's a free agent, you're talking about three years at a minimum. So, why why be in a rush to pay him if you're San Francisco, especially if you don't think that he's an elite quarterback? Yeah, no, you could do that. Look, it happened once with Kirk Cousins. You know, typically with quarterbacks, you want them there in May and June and. You want to make sure they're aligned with the organization. Others, you know, we've seen guys like Saquon Barkley most recently, you know, miss a lot of part of the offseason. Teams are reticent to do it with the quarterback position. Talk with Mike Tanner about ESPN NFL front office insider here on, on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. The Niners are good or bad at evaluating quarterbacks? Inconsistent. Mm. Explain. Well, if you look at Trey Lance, you know, again, they traded two first-round picks and a third to go up, you know, a handful of spots and – Right now, he's trying to hold on to Dallas to trade him for a fourth-round pick. Jimmy G, I thought, actually played well when he was healthy. And, you know, there was a really interesting story. It was Dr. Uh, York, the the father, Dr. John York, who actually, according to the article, like really pushed Kyle Shanahan to say in the seventh round, despite having Jimmy G, despite having Trey Lance, like if the best player on our board with a fourth-round grade is Brock Purdy, let's stick to the board. And part of it was our former colleague, apparently, Brian Greasy, was – Responsible. Most organizations, like we would do the same thing, sort of like bifurcate areas of the board, but to give the new quarterback coach, like, hey, here's 10 quarterbacks from the fourth round down. You prioritize them how you see it. And apparently, he really liked Brock Purdy. Mike T, earlier this week, the commanders hired Cliff Kingsbury to be their offensive coordinator. Since then, there's been a lot of speculation, people connecting dots, because that was Caleb Williams, quarterback coach at USC last year, and and knowing that the commanders have the second overall pick. If you're the Chicago Bears, if you're Ryan Poles, and the Washington commanders call you about moving up to number one, do you even answer the phone? I don't. I take Caleb Williams. I don't overcomplicate. Caleb Williams is the best player in this draft. We need a quarterback for the next 10 years. And I'm saying, hey, Caleb, like start looking for real estate in the Chicago area. You're going to be here a long time. Let's get going. We want to get you with Shane Waldron, our new offensive coordinator. And we, let's go. Let's hit the ground running. If someone was going to call up Hallis Hall and try to talk to the Bears about Caleb Williams, what's the baseline that they would have to offer? Yeah, you're talking about multiple first-round picks. But like to me, you know, Michelle, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't make the trade because I think he is the – player with the highest upside. Now, look, he was sacked 83 times. There's parts of his game that have to get better, like there is for all quarterbacks. All security in the pocket is yeah, one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And offensive tackles, you know, he drives them crazy because he tries to get out of the pocket backwards, which is something, you know, tackles Can't are, do that in the NFL. <laughs> right, but but tackles coming out of the womb are, are taught, like, push the pass rusher past the quarterback. And so that has to get cleaned up. But um, to answer your question, it would have to be three first-round picks, a front-line player, and there is that argument, well, like, we could really rebuild this thing quickly, but I just think Caleb Williams has a chance to be that good. Wow. Mike, nobody, when he was in college, was a bigger believer in Justin Herbert than you are. 
like you loved him. You've always been a fan of his. I believe you're also a huge believer in Harbaugh as a head coach. With all of that said, do you believe Herbert will emerge to be the second best quarterback in the league behind Mahomes? Yeah, in fact, um, just to bury the league, because I know you guys aren't going to sleep till February 14th when <laughs> NFL.com has, I just filled out our bold prediction for next year. So, you know, spoiler alert, but I have in uh, next year's Super Bowl, the Detroit Lions who were able to keep Aaron Glenn and Ben Johnson 31, the Chargers 28, beating the presumptive MVP, Justin Herbert, and the coach of the year, Jim Harbaugh, in next year's Super Bowl. Because here's why, guys. That's your Valentine's Day on February 14th? You're not going to books with CeCe? You're going to be talking about the Lions and the Chargers. Got it? Go ahead. Not to be self aggrandized I'm going to be celebrating my birthday on Valentine's Day. Oh, so, yeah, happy yeah, yeah, birthday. Yeah. I digress. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, but uh, in all seriousness, like I don't know if you guys saw like Alex Smith, but I thought it was an unbelievable insight about Jim Harbaugh. So Alex Smith on air on our own airways was saying like he was be- battling his own mental health and self image about hey I'm not worthy of being the first pick overall. And the first time he met Jim Harbaugh, he's like hey let's go have a catch, <laughs> and they just played catch. And basically what Alex said is like he gave him confidence, and what he would say to him before every game was like. Hey, go out there, do your job. No worries, Alex. No worries. And Alex Smith was saying, like, tomorrow I would go play for Jim Harbaugh. Wow. 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 Okay, Mike T, last one from me. Art Rooney II, the Steelers owner, came out and said that they're not going to rule out the possibility of trading for a quarterback. If you're building that team right now, what's the profile of the quarterback that you're going after? Are you trying to trade for a guy like Justin Fields, or are you trying to trade for a quarterback like Russell Wilson who's going to be more friendly for your cap or somebody of the ilk of Kirk Cousins? Where exactly are the Steelers in their program development and what kind of quarterback should they be looking at? Yeah, this one's easy for me, Chris. I think it's Fields, and here's why. Like, If you look at like Ryan Tannehill and the success Arthur Smith had at a play call with the Titans, I think Fields and Tannehill have a lot of similarities to the game, like good athletes, good arms, and I think he's a perfect fit in that system. I mean, listen, they did have a chance to draft Fields down in Atlanta, and Arthur Smith chose to take a tight end. I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah. Good pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I know Arthur Smith, and he has a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. I wonder what he learned from that decision. Okay. Let's not act like taking Kyle Pitts was a bad decision. I'm just saying. I Kyle love Pitts Kyle Pitts. Has a, <laughs> oh, no, Smith, no, no, he and no, I no, fought no, about no, Kyle Pitts for years. Kyle Pitts, he hasn't been the same since his knee surgery. Like, he just hasn't been the same player. Yeah. Anyway, Mike Tannenbaum, you'll see him on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern Time. Wish him a happy birthday on Valentine's Day. And read, my, and read my bold prediction. Yeah, and read his bold <laughs> prediction one week birthday from today. Gift. We're on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Patrick Mahomes, four more. 
Now, that was, to be fair, four or zero. Which one? And Smalls went with four there. It is on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits, and one of the country's top workplaces. Come join the growing team at Progressive, progressive.com slash careers, and apply online today. So we have Stats and Information Group here at ESPN. They do a phenomenal job providing us stats and um, information. And oh, Nuno, yes. our producer, uh, sends along a lot of different uh, of their work during the course of the day. And there was one piece of info that Pat Costello, our producer, went nuts on today. And I want to read you the stat, and let's just hear Pat out on this if we could. Okay. If Patrick Mahomes wins the Super Bowl on Sunday, he would have three rings and two MVPs in his first seven seasons in the league. Six people across all sports, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, have won three and two in their first seven seasons. Three titles, two MVPs. Those people are Larry Bird, Guy Lafleur, Bill Russell, Mickey Mantle, Stan Musial, Joe DiMaggio. That's uh, Stats and Info, Elias Sports Bureau as well. Pretty good list. Pretty good list. (laughs) Now, Pat, why did that trigger you specifically? Because I'm just getting tired of us finding arbitrary ways to try to work Mahomes into these GOAT conversations. Like, can we pump the brakes a little bit? He's not even at three championships yet, so like he doesn't even fit into this list yet. Um, it, it just it feels like everyone is trying so desperately to find a way to work Mahomes into the GOAT conversation that we're just picking out arbitrary numbers and saying, like, see, look at this list of other people who also did this thing. Isn't he the GOAT? No, he's not. Can we get to three Super Bowls before we start having this conversation? I tend to agree with you, and I actually think on our show today, I have gone further, my feelings, towards he's not close yet to the GOAT than I ever have before. Mm. Because if we're going to act like, I mean, I know Vegas is acting, so it's not acting. If we're going to declare them underdogs, if we're going to say more pressures on the other team, then my feeling is he's not close to the GOAT yet. Because if he's the GOAT, Michael Jordan could never lose in the finals. It was like not allowed. And he was never not the favorite, even if Vegas said otherwise. I think he's further away from the GOAT today after this first hour and a half of the show than I've ever felt. Well, this is football. This ain't the NBA, the NHL, or Major League Baseball with respect, right? So this is a different game. Like, half the time, Patrick Mahomes isn't on the field. Right. So this is a different ball game. And I guess when we put together these types of lists, we're trying to contextualize the greatness that we're seeing from Mahomes so early in his career because it's so unprecedented. He's the first player to go to what four Super Bowls the first quarterback to start four Super Bowls before his age 30 season what is he 28 like like that's what we're talking about multiple MVPs multiple Super Bowl titles Uh, I mean just to see his season start in the conference championship game each and every year again it's unprecedented so we're just using these these other athletes as reference points to try to wrap our minds around the greatness of Pat Mahomes because quite literally we haven't seen anything like it before and I don't think we're trying to shoehorn him into that conversation. No. These, this list of amazing athletes that Evan just read, he's on the precipice of that. Yeah. He is right there. I don't think we're trying to force anything. I think we're trying to contextualize what we're seeing in real time, it's, which is hard to do. It's easy to now do a retroactive on Tom Brady's career yeah. or on you know Bill Russell's career because they're not playing. So we're trying to find a way to really properly describe what we're seeing with Patrick Mahomes and project what the future could be. Yeah, Tom Brady didn't do this in his first six years as right, the starter. exactly. Like, he didn't go to six straight conference championship games. He didn't. Like, he won the Super Bowl next year, they didn't make the playoffs. So, I mean, like, this is, again, unprecedented. And I, I, I understand why we take it to these realms, but I also understand, like, 
like Ev said, like he's not there yet. He's on a GOAT trajectory. He's not quite there yet. Where I will disagree with you, though, Mm -hmm. is the fact that I don't think Patrick Mahomes needs seven rings Uh in order to eclipse Tom Brady as the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, I think the conversation starts once we get around five Super Bowl championships. Like once he has five rings, say he gets five more rings, you know, before his age 33, 34 season, then I think it's fair to have the conversation, right? And we can put further context around what Patrick Mahomes has done relative to Tom Brady and compare and contrast their supporting cast. I think that's when the conversation starts to hit her fever pitch. If Patrick Mahomes somehow, some way, wins the Super Bowl on Sunday and gets two more rings on top of that, I think that's when it's fair to have the GOAT debate. I don't think he has to eclipse Tom Brady in terms of total ring count. Michael Jordan don't have the most rings right. when it comes to his respective sport. He just doesn't. And Wayne Gretzky ain't got the most rings when it comes to his respective sport. But yet we acknowledge those guys as the greatest to have ever played their sport. I think there's a chance that Patrick Mahomes can do that if he continues this level of productivity and this level of competitive greatness, even if he doesn't surpass Tom Brady with seven championships. But there's still a barometer that he has to clear in order for that to even be a conversation. So you think it's five? What do you think? I think it's when we get the feeling of he can't lose in big games. He's not allowed to. And we're not there yet. And that may coincide at the exact same time and maybe earlier, right? It may be once he wins on, or if he wins on Sunday, right? Or if he wins two more. It's To me, it's less about the exact numbers than it is about the feeling. The moments that we have had today of the pressures on the Niners, not on the Chiefs, once we graduate from that is when I will be, feel comfortable being in the GOAT conversation. LeBron, I know it's a different sport, but just as a, as a point of comparison, LeBron James is not allowed to lose when it gets to the NBA Finals. He has, but he's like, our perception is you can't lose. I love Steph Curry. We don't think that way about Steph Curry. Steph Curry's like, wow, what a run they got there. If they win, it's icing on the cake. If they lost the Celtics a couple of years ago, we would have still said, wow, amazing to get back to the finals after all these years. That's why, you know, you have to rank LeBron above Steph. And that's where I would look at this and say, Brady, after year one of winning it all, never had a moment where it wasn't okay that he didn't win it all. And because of Mahomes, people like Smalls, who have you've nailed almost every single Chiefs pick this year, now being wrong after all these weeks of being right, you've, you and others have had this mentality of, I can't even believe they're here. That's amazing. Once he graduates from that, then I will look at him in that conversation. I, I understand, but I also think that it matters when we're viewing the pressure. Like, we don't know if San Francisco is going to get back here. Kyle Shanahan has blown leads in Super Bowls. That's mm-hmm. a different type of pressure than a Kansas City Chiefs team who starts the year in the AFC Championship game. So I think it the, the pressure conversation shifts because it's not as if we don't expect Patrick Mahomes to win or it won't be somehow a, a disappointment if he doesn't win, but I just feel like he's going to get more cracks at it than the 49ers will get. We assume. We, we exa- assume that with the guy that you loved growing up in Marino, right? Like, it didn't happen that way. Yeah, right. but to start out, to go to six straight I understand, but we can't, and four we Super can't Bowls. take <laughs> this for granted. That's the point that I'm making. Like, my point is, you're in it, you got to win it. One more. That's what you're asking from Holmes. One more win on Sunday. You have to win this game. And I understand it's a Super Bowl. Of course, it's a must win for everybody, no right? Doubt. Obviously, that's not like a bold statement. It's a fact. Any, right, that's a fact. I get it. <laughs> but you asked the question of when are you going to be comfortable putting him in the GOAT conversation? And before today's show, I would have said, I'm comfortable if you want to say that, that he's on that path. Now, I'm less comfortable because I don't remember ever feeling like Brady 
had one in the back pocket of, ah, don't worry about it, I'll get there again. Ever. Even the last one. I just, I don't feel that way. And I think that people are saying, underdog, no big deal, they'll get back there, we assume they'll get back there, they'll get wide receivers. No, you got to win on Sunday. Because if you don't, you're 2-2. Two and two. You don't even have a winning record in the Super Bowl. Now I start to, as a Brady defender, spin it negatively. Yeah, but here's the thing, Patrick Mahomes has no peers. Like, we all can watch the games. The eye test tells I us agree. that there's Currently. no quarterback that's on his level. Agreed. We, we didn't say that about Tom Brady. We just didn't. Right, but that doesn't mean he's better. That just means he played in a different era. That well, means, like, if Peyton Manning was playing today, we would say that Mahomes is a peer. Brady played during the Manning well, we don't, era. We, we don't, we, I, like, I, I guess, I, I don't know. We can't, we, can't, we can't parachute Patrick Mahomes into that era. We just can't. So we don't know. Like, I'm just saying, relative to what we saw from Tom Brady— there is nobody on the same level as Patrick Mahomes. Nobody. Like, we couldn't say that for Tom Brady when he played. Right, right. So, I mean, I think there, there is a differentiating factor, and I think that's a feather in the cap for Mahomes when it comes to the trajectory that he's on. Again, our eyes tell us that this is the, the best quarterback in the National Football League. There, there are no contemporaries that are close to him. Which is why I look at this run by Kansas City. Now, it is the first seven years of his career, first six as a starter for Mahomes. Everybody compares it to the first seven years for Brady. I compare it to the, the latter years because that's when but you Brady can't, had though. no peer. But you can't do that. But that's because, when he had no but, peer. Yeah, but here's the thing. You can't, though, because the football acumen isn't the same. Like, to compare a player in his first six years to a guy like Tom Brady in his final six years, like, in terms of the knowledge base, your understanding of the game, being able to operate in the, in the margins and improve your team in those areas, like, that, that's completely different. Leadership abilities, no, all of those that's things. That's the biggest are, compliment. I'm of those saying he's are, there already. But I'm saying Mahomes is there, which is why he has to no, win. But, but, but you say that as is to frame the conversation. We're going to judge Patrick Mahomes based on what we saw at the end of Tom Brady's career and how dominant he was. And I'm just saying that's not fair. You have to judge him based on the early parts of both of their careers. And when you compare and contrast them, there is no comparison. Patrick Mahomes is better. Yes, at he the, is objectively better than Tom Brady was at this point in their careers. I, yeah. I agree in terms so of the that's why we play. can have the conversation. But remember, Brady got three in the first seven years, six years as a starter. Mahomes is a chance to equal that in terms of team success, right? That you would lead individually. There is no question Mahomes is a better player through the first seven years of his career than Brady was through the first seven years of his. I'm not doubting that. I'm I'm trying to actually be so complimentary to Mahomes that the what I've seen from him in leading this team is an advanced Brady. The question is, does he have the ability to sustain it for 100 years like Brady did? And are we going to treat him with the same but level you're saying, of urgency? But, but Brady didn't. That's the, part, that's the part that drives me crazy with your argument. Brady didn't sustain what we saw in the, first, in the last six years of his career for his entire career. He didn't do that. Yeah, he got better. No, you're saying the last six years of his career. I'm saying Mahomes has an opportunity to even get better as the years progress. If you're saying... Just to clean it up. You just said Brady sustained it, and I'm just saying, no, Brady was a much... Let's do it this way. Let's do it this way. Okay. Let's do it this way. I'm trying to follow you. Same thing. (laughs) I'm I'm confused by two on this. So, So here's the thing. Patrick Mahomes, through the first seven years of his career, is unmatched. Sure. Okay? If you take Brady as the comp, Brady year by year by year got better, smarter, and and more amazing as the years progressed. Okay. If Mahomes is the same thing, that's when you're really going to have the GOAT conversation. If by that latter part of his career, he's going to have the same incremental increase every single year, look out. But if you think he's capable of doing that, then why wouldn't you think he's capable of surpassing Tom Brady in terms of total rings? Because he has to do it. I have to see it. Because that's, okay. that's, 
abnormal to win okay. seven rings. It's abnormal to go to six straight conference championship games in your first six seasons as a starter. Pretty rare. We're on Sportsman Like <laughs> on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Each and every day, our producer, Pat Costello, gives us items around sports, entertainment, and life that he's over. Go ahead, Pat. There's one thing that I would like, uh, I feel like we really let Evan off the hook earlier in the show, and I would like you to address something. When you said that Brock Purdy has nothing to prove, that's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. So please explain yourself. I mean, he's already overachieved for the entirety of his career. Like the guy, if the guy walks away today, he's one of the greatest overachievers in the history of the sport. That's what I mean in terms of something to prove. Of course, everyone in the Super Bowl has to win, but his teammates and coaches love him. He has to win the Super Bowl just like anybody else has to win the Super Bowl, but he's already overachieved to such an extent like we've never seen in this sport. Maybe ever. That's what I meant. Canty, Michelle, Rabun, yeah, I, mean, like, I, mean, I, mean, I just don't understand how we can go to the place where it's like, yeah, Brock Purdy is their guy long-term. He's a franchise quarterback. He's already proven he's a top-ten player at the position and say that he has nothing to prove when he gets to the Super Bowl. That's the part I don't understand how we get there. Like, It feels like in a lot of respects, like it's a situation where we're greasing the skids. It's almost as if, oh, well, if he doesn't play well or if he comes up short against Patrick Mahomes, he still has nothing to prove. He's still, you know, a top 10 player. And I just disagree with that logic. You also say that you're a believer in Brock Purdy, right? Yeah. That regardless of the outcome in the Super Bowl, you're yeah, a I've believer seen in him? Yes. 
But I think that you're really not backing that up by saying that he's already overachieved and he has nothing to prove. If you really think he's that guy, then he has everything to prove. Just like you said with Mahomes. If you really think he's the greatest of all time, then we should be putting more pressure on him to win this game. If you really believe Brock Purdy's that guy, don't you expect him to get it done? See, I look at it as like the teams and the players that are dominant in sports are the ones that I expect the most from. The Niners and Brock Purdy are not yet dominant in sports. I I have no interest in letting Mahomes off the hook. You have to win. That, like you're there, you have to win. The Niners, I mean, CeCe, you're ready to potentially think about replacing Brock Purdy, right? If there's another quarterback at a low cost, you'd consider it. But if you think he's a franchise quarterback, then he should win too. He's there, yeah, he should win. I agree. That part I agree with. I just don't think that there's as, like, I think the guy is such a ridiculous story. It's not only that he was the last pick in the draft, it's that they paid so many other guys to be ahead of him. You know, Brady comes in as the backup to Bell- to, to Bledsoe, Belichick wanted to get rid of Bledsoe anyway. Right, but if you think he's more than just a cute story and a 30 for 30 that we're going to talk about later, what if I told you that Mr. Irrelevant made it to the Super Bowl, then you should have higher expectations for him. It's actually a sign of respect for someone's talent to put those expectations on them. Right. So I'm kind of surprised that you didn't do that with Brock Purdy because you've been for him all season long. That's fair. So it's the argument that I have with the Mahomes people against used against me. Yes. Well, no, I think it's the argument that you <laughs> it's the argument that you use toward the people that don't yet believe in Brock Purdy the way you do. Because you're saying, oh, yeah. we view him through the lens of being Mr. Irrelevant, but now you're viewing him through the lens yeah. of being Mr. That's Irrelevant fair. when he gets to the Super Bowl. That's fair. Right. So if I'm going to say that I think the guy's a top 10 guy in the league, which I do, I think most would probably agree with that. I don't even think that's a bold statement at this point. Then, yeah, he has to perform on Sunday. But what about the guy that everyone thinks is a goat and we're calling him an underdog? Think of, I mean, we're not calling him an underdog. That's what Vegas has had him at. Vegas has the Chiefs as an underdog. So Vegas, like they, I'm they, talking to you too, Vegas. They set the lines to make money. What they're saying is, if the Chiefs were uh, were were favored,ed that all of the money in this game would be on San Francisco. That's what they're saying. Yeah. That, that's what they're saying with the market. They're saying that the Chiefs deserve to be underdogs relative to the talent that they have in comparison to the 49ers. All right, Pat, next one. I don't want to ever hear again that the Dallas Cowboys are America's team. I'm so done with that. It's ob- it's the 49ers. There's never been a better franchise in the history of the sport than the 49ers. Has anyone ever been able to adapt and change like they have and yet consistently make the Super Bowl with different teams, coaches, and quarterbacks? I ran out of breath. <laughs> you good, Pat? Yeah, San Francisco's got to be up there, right? Like, we went through the coaches, I mean, from Bill Walsh to George Seifert to Steve Mariucci to Jim Harbaugh and now Kyle Shanahan. I mean, that's pretty damn impressive. Is there any the thread line? Been able to have. What do you mean? Like, there's nobody that's been there the entire time in any way. Like, right, there's, the ownership has changed. DeBartolo to York. I'm just thinking there's, like, literally no thread line between that, which is remarkable. It's like the Boston Red Sox won all these World Series. If you look at it, they had different managers, GMs all throughout this time that since they, you know, since 04, there was no real thread line outside of ownership there. Like your Cardinals had that thread line of Yachty Molina. Like he was there the entire time. And ownership. And ownership, right? The Niners are remarkable. The the Steelers, the thread line is the Roonies. They've been Mm -hmm. there forever. The Patriots Mm -hmm. dominant. Kraft's been there now forever, right? Belichick and Brady as well. But, but those are the teams, though, right? Like those. But are the, the Niners have, to my knowledge, have no connection, which is even more remarkable. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, you, you talk about the Cardinal way. Yeah. That's 
It's literally so, George Kissel put it in place years ago, and it has been the thread, the through line through the Cardinals organization for decades. Right. On how they operate and how they go about business and build their team. No, I mean, I guess the Patriots, even though they didn't have a championship or Super Bowl without Bill Belichick, they've been to 11 of them. Well, the three, well, when Kraft took over, they went with Parcells. Yeah. Uh, 85 was different ownership. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's the Kraft era in many ways. Yeah. The Niners, what would you say? I mean,. It's yeah. been different people, different coaches, different strategies. Offensive-minded coaches have helped, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they are remarkably, to Pat's point, they are a remarkably underrated franchise. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys are not America's team. That's false advertising. It is. <laughs> yes, I mean, they are. I think... They definitely are. What, America's team? Yeah, because... No, no. Because... What just they, happened? They might be the the Kardashians of America because they're always in the headlines. There's always drama. We're always talking about them. But America loves winners. I personally would vote the Green Bay Packers as America's team because we love star power and they're always able to find the quarterback. They have more of a democracy with their ownership. They're, uh, you know, kind of the little town that could in Green Bay where <laughs> football is life. I mean, they, to me, represent more of America than the Dallas yeah, Cowboys something ever is ha- could. Something is happening here. I want to point this out. This What's is now. Now, the second time in as many days that I've heard Michelle Smallman say this, she is hinting at something. She has said that she's looking for football love to find a team to love. I heard her with our teammate Jonathan Zaslow on his podcast yesterday, mm-hmm. and he she said the Packers are her vote potentially to join their fan base. They're intriguing. Second time in as many days. If they're a potential prospect, I've been checking out the profile. I've been screenshotting it, sending it to my friends. Like, what do you think? I'm just Lady, saying. Ladies love Cool J. What can I say? Confirmed. Ladies love Cool J. Jordan Love. Packers, Jordan Love. Are you a Packers fan? It's, it's, it's leaning not that official, way. but it's I'm... It's leaning that way. You have not hinted at anything like this since Mid- you were... Mid- the Bengals. team, too? Ooh. The Bengals were... She was in on the Bengals. Oh, yeah. Positive vibes. Oh, I don't know yeah. what's going on with Smalls right now. We're on Sportsmanlike <laughs> on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.